0: Hi, welcome to episode 12 of The Green Room. Uh, my name is James. And I'm here with my co host, Nick. How are you, Nicholas?
1: I'm very, very well, James. Yeah, you okay? You're very good. Good week, yeah. Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm just glad the previous week, where it was terrible weather, we actually had a, a week which was actually relatively stable. So, uh, I've
0: I, we've had a few comments about the regularity in which you wear a pink shirt.
1: I've just got five sets, have you? one for each day, like yeah. Batman, yeah, exactly. And then next week, it'll be all blue, and then week after that, okay, white, Good to know. Christine White. The 12th episode, yes, we've got, we've got to number 12. We have. I always think of my um, uh, my Twelve organic eggs. A dozen. A dozen. Which also reminds me of one of my favourite World War Two films, which is The Dirty Dozen. Okay. Starring Lee Marvin and Charles Bronson. I was yeah. wondering whether you saw that. Charles Bronson. Yeah, it was uh, so the film was about like a group of convicts that they had to put together to go mm. onto a secret um, you know, Allies mission to right. uncover some plans which would kind of shorten the war. It's a great film. It okay. comes on every Easter and Christmas. You okay. have to watch it. I
0: shall make sure I watch that at Easter.
1: But that's what I think about 12 and Dozen. Excellent. Association. Excellent. So, uh, talked so about we, solid war insulation. Well, or, we did, yes. Yeah, yeah, so, so
0: that, was our, that was our second episode in our uh, Insulation Masterclass. Yep. Um, and, and today, what we're going to talk about is, um, well, a few things, to be honest. We're going to start uh, with internal wall insulation, sort of following on from last week. Yeah. Uh, we're then going to touch on um, windows, conservatories, that kind of thing. I don't know we've talked about them briefly previously, but we thought we'd shed a bit more light on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then see where we get to. And then we've obviously finished with our energy-saving news. Yeah. And I think we have a couple of questions from uh, some readers. Okay. So right. uh, we shall answer those as well. Um yeah, Excellent. So, we talked about external wall insulation last week. Just to give a really quick refresher, it's when insulation essentially gets applied on the outside of the property. Um, it uh, We're talking normally to, to hit building. we are talking about 90 mil of yep. insulation, of EPS, expanded polystyrene, gets stuck on the outside of the house, and then you put a rendered finish on it normally. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use a brick slip finish if you're trying to recreate a sort of brick yeah. property. Uh, but on the whole, people are using render. Mm-hmm. So we're going to flip this on its head. So we're now, so it's got the same solid wall property. Yeah. Yeah. So talked about it last week, we'll recap it. This is basically most properties pre 1930 mm-hmm. were solid wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and to insulate them, obviously there's no cavity to fill. Yeah. So you're going externally. And last week we talked about costs. It was about £100 a square meter to insulate externally. If you're doing it internally, Give me me some things, give me some numbers. Well, um,
1: I'll give you some scenarios. So, for instance, you might want to, if you've got a property with fantastical features, so Victorian, wadian Terrace, uh, you've got um, really nice brick patterns and stuff like that, you don't really want to cover it up with external insulation, then really, you know, internal is is an option. Um, Also... I don't know, the property might be in a certain part of the country where it's just impossible because of its kind of conservation status. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's then, you know, got the, in terms of the standard you've got to follow. Uh, if not... you lived
0: in a black of, uh, block of flats, right? So if you're on the yeah. third floor up and you are just yeah. a flat and a block... Be tricky to get be tricky to do that. Um, externally, so you might want to do it internally. If
1: it's if the property is listed, you might not still be able to do internal, but it could be something, you know, that you could kind of get through um, the conservation officer um, <laughs> with with all the permissions. So it could be an option. Um, yeah, so so that's the scenarios. It um, it means a lot of upheaval if you're having to have the work done because essentially what you're doing is you're thickening the internal walls. Yeah. So you've got to count or uh, make into into account the fact that, you know, things are going to be moved in in towards the property. And if you're doing all of the different sides... you're
0: encroaching on the floor space. Encroaching
1: on the floor space. So you might want to do it if you're doing... I don't know a, a bigger piece of the property, so you do yeah. like full full conversion. So if you're putting it in a new kitchen, for example, yes, that's a that's a good good. Yeah, one. or
0: putting a new bathroom.
1: And you're just isolating that room, or you've yeah. got a, a cold bedroom upstairs, and yeah. actually you don't want to do the whole elevation. Yeah, then it's um, it's a good time to kind of uh, yeah improve the quality of those walls. And, and
0: and so how so what typically what products are people using internally? Uh,
1: probably the easiest ones are where you've got the. Um, on the outside, it's uh, it looks like a plasterboard, yeah. but then it's got this PIR foam insulation stuck onto it. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you can just then you dot on dab and you stick it to the wall. stick it to the walls, yeah. Or if you're looking to do um, if you're looking to use wall material, yeah, then you'd have to batten out. So you make a frame, mm-hmm. um, vertical frame with battens, and then between those battens, you would staple the. Um, this is very, very simplified. Obviously, there's other kind of mini stages to the process. But very in a simplified way, you can put, say, fiberglass wool, sheep's wool, for instance. Sheep's wool is a good one. Uh, and then still Expensive, ha- Still cover it with a, yeah. with a plasterboard and then obviously finish that. Yeah, so
0: you're not trying to plaster onto squishy wool insulation. Yeah, but you still fun. have that solid surface. Yeah. Um, why would you use
1: wool? Well, uh, f- for me, um, sheep's wool is a good one. Um because of its um air filtration properties. Yeah. So actually it it um it absorbs all the nasties in, in, in the in the fabric. VOCs. VOCs.
0: Volatile organic compounds. Very good. Thanks very much. Uh Kermit. so
1: uh yeah, it um you might want to use that. So there've there been studies shown in Europe that the where, you know, um in in particularly areas where they've had children in schools and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. retrofitted it with sheep's wool insulation it's, it's improved the air quality and
0: breaks down formaldehyde no. yes
1: that's a on. nice one um, I, I suppose from noise reduction so we covered a little bit in um, if it's um, a wall facing the a busy, a busy road. road yeah, yeah. Um, the, the wall would um, definitely definitely
0: that. helps and I, I think that's a big thing um, I think the the uh, you know the the PIR board is going to do that. Mm-hmm. Less so. Um, <clears throat> in terms of U values, we talked about them briefly for the external wall insulation. How does it work with internal wall insulation?
1: So the standards are pretty much the same, but then how are you you achieve it? Obviously, it's a slightly different installation process. Yeah. So obviously, a PIR board, um, as as you mentioned uh, last week, has a, has a has a better lambda. So what does lambda mean for the layman? Uh, and for you, me so so lambda is um is thermal um thermal conductivity so 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 the lower the number the, yeah. the the less it conducts the heat so it's better insulator.
0: Okay, so better insulator.
1: Um yeah, so so PIR boards tend to have the best ones. Yeah. And then wool probably not as good as that, so therefore you'll need to use more thicker products. Have you come across
0: error,
1: yeah, I have. I have. So where it works really well, it's when it's added to um Another compound rather than right. on its own because okay. a lot of it's been said about its reflective technology, um, which you know it's a bit sketchy to be honest. But uh, have, you seen,
0: have you seen that video? So there's a piece of aerogel and there's a Bunsen burner, yeah, and there's an ice cube sat on the top of it, and the ice cube just stays ice. So that must have an incredibly low, yeah, lambda, yeah, like an amazing efficiency. Why isn't everyone using that? It's
1: really expensive,
0: and that's it, yeah. Do you think? Like it's, many really, things. it's really
1: expensive, and I think on its own the gel itself. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's it's a bit sketchy because they talk about this reflective. Um, so I, you know, heat um, through um, radiance just bounces off of the newly coated walls, and therefore, you know, it's, it's insulating it. Okay. But I don't. I think it works really well. where...
0: Is that? But that's error gel. Yeah. What did I say? Aerogel. Oh, I said aerogel. Yes. What's the stuff that um, the aerogel's made out of? Is it made out of some like space?
1: Yeah. So the... insulation. So the, the, um, the uh, chemical, whatever it is, is, is aerogel. You're thinking of aerotherm, which uses aerogel. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so aerogel a- is the good stuff.
0: Aerotherm's aerotherm is bad, but it's but aerogel. it's got little glass like.
1: But where they were they Spirit. so so say if you take fiberglass and you coat it with aerogel, yeah, it improves massively, yeah. massively the, the efficiency, but it becomes very expensive. Okay, very expensive. okay, fine, all right, sorry, that was a, So sorry. I'd I'd leave. I mean, for domestic applications, I'd I'd leave that. I mean, I'd use more conventional things like so dot and dab, insulated plasterboard or or wool. So, yeah, yeah.
0: But I'm trying to hit on a on an existing property trying to hit a value of zero point
1: three. So PIR board, you might get there with sixty mil.
0: Okay, so I mean, it's still quite a lot. Yeah, um, and then on. But that's the
1: problem with internal, you know. So if you where you can do external, you yeah, can do external. Well, because you're losing the space. Yes. I think
0: I think the the but there are obviously benefits, right? Your room room is going to warm up quicker. Yeah, yeah, it's going to retain the heat better. Um, as you said, if you've got a brick house and it's a lovely old brick house, mm. you're not doing, you know, you're not changing that. Finish,
1: yeah. Type of thing. The cons, I suppose, are um, is if if the property's got inherent damp problems yeah. coming from the external leaf. So you've got porous brick. It's probably not a good idea to to do it because actually, what it will do is just trap it within that layer, and then over time,
0: between the brick and the insulation. Yes. Yeah, I think I think the the other issue, I guess, is that so previously, you know, if I've got if I've got external wall insulation, right, the heat will travel from my house from my radiator. Around the room, it'll warm up the brickwork. It'll hit the insulation and then kind of come back into the house. Yeah. Right? But the brickwork will stay at a nice temperature. If I suddenly do internal insulation,
1: the warm air just circulates in the room. It never it? goes through the brick because it's stopping it. Exactly.
0: So if I've got a really, it's basically the the external environment obviously has a higher impact because in the winter If I didn't have an insulated house, mm-hmm. right, and I have the heating on, the heat travels through the wall, and, right, and typically yeah. I put the heating on when it's cold which means that wall will always have heat travelling through it.
1: Yeah, so it'll be drying and, and being warm. Yeah, as exactly.
0: As well. But I'm suddenly putting insulation on the inside, mm. and so in theory you can get interstitial condensation, all these other yeah, potential Yeah, the dew issues. point
1: just moves in, and then, you know... That, if it that were, were to freeze, for yeah.
0: example, you know, on the outside, if it's minus five, yeah, that wall will get to minus five, potentially. Yep. Yeah. And then obviously it can freeze, and you get onion skin Anyway, I mean, it's 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 it kind of
1: is on the extremity side of it, but um, it, globally, yeah. If if you know if, if you can if you can do it, um, it's it's and you can't do external. It's it's a good measure because obviously yeah. it's um, uh, improves the thermal comfort. So, um, but obviously, yeah, you're gonna have to watch watch the space and take those considerations. But it? you might want to... So if
0: by doing internal wall and so you might want to do things like repoint on the outside. Yeah. So do, you know, the bit of grouting between all the bricks mm-hmm. to make sure that there's no water penetration. Because you, yeah. do, you don't want to have water, well, penetrating
1: damp. And But if say if you've got already rendered mm-hmm. wall and you don't want to insulate externally, for some reason you want to go internal, probably re- put a thin coat, silicon finish externally if you can render it, you know. Yeah. Not that... I mean, that's quite kind of like doing the job twice, really. But yes. I have seen folk out there who you know have gone for something like that because you know they don't want necessarily uh, manufacture reveals or thicken the walls externally they just yeah. want to keep kind of the same type of look just a new freshly rendered look but then internally do something about the thermal efficiency of it
0: and what kind of what, what are you paying? Per square meter,
1: I'd say because you're doing so Remember, you're there's a big upheaval, so you're going to move radiators, pipes, cabling, mm-hmm. etc. You are talking again 75 to about 100 105 pounds, pounds per, per meter. It So it's a pretty similar price, yeah, right? It's very okay. extensive, it's going to take you know a couple of weeks at least. And you get the internal upheaval, yeah, um, so, okay, so floorboarding, etc. So you know, it's um, it might be one where, as you said, yeah, you're doing a, a big piece of work and. Um, you you know, if you're placing floorboards, etc., you might think about floor insulation as well and yeah. you're heating. So you are doing it in, in a kind of not in an isolated measure, but you're doing you'll be combining other measures. So
0: with. so if I gave you ten grand yeah. and you were going to do internal or external, mm-hmm. so internal wall insulation or external wall insulation, what would you do and five reasons why?
1: So I would do external because one, um, because of the the added benefits of external, as you've just said so minimizes ex- external damp um, and you know keeps the fabric nice and warm. Yeah. So it stores the the heat within the fabric. Um, secondly, because yeah, my my property is just a bit drab externally, so actually, um, yeah, it's a, you know, it, it could you know up- uplift it a, a little bit. Thirdly, no- noise reduction, and, and I know I've said you can do it. In, in, internally, but I just feel like if I did externally I would get a consistent um, uh, coverage Yeah. because you know with the with with the mineral internally I'm still battening it out so there's going to be areas that are going to be a weak point yeah um, space space consideration yeah for um, I think especially um, in London yeah. you know
0: it's where we're based property values are extremely high yeah. and to lose you know if you're putting taking 60 mil off every internal wall then actually you're suddenly losing a lot of square footage.
1: And the fifth reason, yeah, it's just about the upheaval, at least with external. I, can, I mean, I can have the scaffolding outside. It's not going be nice and pleasant because I'm going to have to yeah. walk past it every day, but at least you know I can sort of get on with my day internally. You know? That was good. I thought
0: you were going to struggle with five there. No. But they're five I've very sensible reasons. I've had them there. They're
1: always there. They're very, they're very good. Yeah.
0: Very good. Okay, so, um, and who, who does this kind of work? Who carries it out?
1: Uh, qualified installers i'd say um it's it's a little bit different i'd say to um to the external wall applicators because they they're normally cargowood assistant in internal if you're if you're a competent um, developer you know who 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 does lots of um internal work whether it's plastering kitchens etc mm-hmm. you've probably come across doing plaster walls and internal insulation for the um so for the Plumbing aspects and stuff. Um, a plumber would be good. So to to kind of move the radiators for the electrical, electrician. Yeah. So a company that's got those skill sets.
0: So, so actually, it's a few trades.
1: Yeah. But in theory, so if it's just skills, a good you're carpentry Good carpentry, plastering, electrical, and, and gas.
0: Okay, plumbing. Yeah. So I can see why it's expensive. Yeah. Okay.
1: Cool. So have we exhausted internal? And solid wall insulation. Have we then anything else to, to mention? So we've got nothing. quite a few more things to cover.
0: Okay, now nothing jumps to mind. So let's, let's move on. So we're going to talk about cavity wall insulation now. right? So uh, external wall, internal wall insulation, typically they are done on mm-hmm. solid walls, yep. right? So where there is no cavity. Cavity walls, should I give a bit of background on this one? Yeah, go on. So cavity walls were introduced mainly or... Roughly in the 1930s, and the reason for the cavity was to create a space where essentially water could go through the first skin of brick. Mm-hmm. It would then hit this air gap, and gravity would pull it down, and then it would be pulled away from the from the building. So they're basically there's two skins of brick mm-hmm. with an air gap in between. I think them. firstly
1: they came southwest because of the west of the country because it's um it's near the the Atlantic. Okay, driving rain, penetrating down. So, that that was a good idea, a good innovation for that part. And it
0: so, so basically, these cavities sort of you know they worked very, very well at taking the water away. In the 1970s, had the oil crisis, Mm. and at that stage, uh, we suddenly panicked about heating houses and cost of energy bills and stuff. And so, we started putting insulation within the cavities, right? So, the cavity previous to them was obviously just to stop water penetrating the two skins of prick. But suddenly we have insulation in that in that one of the within the but cavity. They used
1: cheaper substitutes, so they used to use they started to use block work. Uh, on the inside, on the inside, yeah, so yeah. It's cheaper than using as much brick.
0: And then so, but obviously, as time goes on, all the the building requirements or building regs get more and more stringent, and so the cavity got wider and wider and wider, and so they could put more and more insulation in. In the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties, nineteen eighties. They realized that they could take an unfilled cavity, so a cavity built between kind of 1930s and the 1970s that didn't have insulation in, mm. and they could basically drill lots of holes through it, and they could fire, they could retrofit insulation into it. So it's basically a big gun, and they pump insulation into the cavity. Yeah. Um, and this this kind of the government were really excited by this, so they encouraged essentially everyone to do it. They offered it for free. Because you'd get some quite significant energy savings, mm-hmm. right? So this was a big thing. And, you know, as new houses got built, they would all automatically be built with the insulation already in there. Um, and so now if you build a cavity wall, you know, you put either... It's either a full fill or partial fill, depending on what you're yeah. using. But if you fill the whole cavity, you might put 100 mil of mineral wool in there mm-hmm. or sort of 80 mil of PIR board attached, yeah. to the, um, attached to the inner skin of brick. Mm-hmm. But water essentially is allowed to travel through the first skin, and there is always this air gap that, that can then, you know, water can travel So
1: down. basically what you're saying is, so that the 90s, they were f- fully filling these cavities with lots Fully of filling the cavities. What what the materials, what are some of the things? So
0: back in the day, there was this sort of formaldehyde um, foam
1: yeah.
0: type thing, and, and this was fine, it you know, had good, uh, good, no, urea formaldehyde. Was it? Um, foam and it had good uh, levels of efficiency and it was obviously very easy about to the pump 80s, in. Was it? In the 80s, yeah, and then they moved to pumping mineral wool in. So under quite high pressure, they literally fired this stuff in, and then they took um so EPS. So when we talk about EPS, normally we talk about actual boards, mm-hmm. you know, physical big boards of EPS, but expanded polystyrene EPS is made out of little um little tiny balls, and so they would basically fire in the EPS balls with a glue, and yeah. then the whole thing would set within the cavity. So a special,
1: special machine, basically. Yeah, and so, so it's, Releasing you know, they're,
0: they're quite clever, clever things they did. Um to, a lance,
1: telescopic lance? Yeah, that, exactly.
0: Yeah. And this was to retrofit, yeah, so this is putting it into existing cavities mm-hmm. that were previously yep. empty. Um, the And that obviously helped improve the energy efficiency. The, the issue is, when you're retrofitting, well, there's several issues, which I'll cover very briefly. Number one you are potentially making pathways suddenly from the inner leaf, well, from the outer leaf where water can start crossing through, yeah. i.e., the one open to the external environment, and the water crosses through that first skin of brick. Then it goes, travels fine pathways across the insulation to the inner brick, and then you have damp problems on the inside. Mm-hmm. So this is a problem that's really manifests itself near in coastal regions yeah. and where you get driving rain, right? So. They've they've kind of now said that cavity wall is, cavity wall insulation is not appropriate in some places. Um, the the other issue with it is if I'm retrofitting it, so if I'm firing insulation, you know, if I drill on a if I imagine a ten meter by ten meter wall, obviously that's quite a big wall, but I have to put holes everywhere and then I inject it. Yeah. yeah. The issue is if I inject it, in theory, I'm not sure that the insulation has met up with insulation that I've injected in the other hole. So in principle... Cold spots. Yeah, exactly. So if I took a big thermal camera Mm -hmm. and looked at that wall, I might see... You know, cold spots so everywhere where the so insulation does not So matter. that's
1: an install fault. But then also, you can have debris in the cavity. So yeah. physical things in there stopping and insulation. And builders
0: do from. that. When builders were building the old cavities, mm. they kind of used it as a dust Like, oh, what's that? Yeah, oh, I could just put a brick in there. Yeah, right. and, it, and it kind of it or stops. A <laughs> yeah, it stops the insulation filling the whole of the cavity. Yeah, um, and then with the, with the older. So if you now look at the older properties that were done with this urea formaldehyde. Mm insulation material it's begin to break it's begun to break down you know it doesn't have an infinite life span and so it's broken down the cavity and it releases formaldehyde when it breaks down which is obviously not particularly nice
1: so <coughs> remedials what, what can I what, can I get rid of it we've got
0: two more issues Yep. one is if you're using wool, it started sagging yeah. in the cavity. So I've injected it, it's filled the cavity, but over 25 years or whatever, the, the wool sort started sagging within the cavity. So if you kind of look and took a thermal camera, the top of the wool wouldn't have any insulation in because it's all sunk within the cavity. The other one is to save money, when they're putting beads in the cavity, they don't right. inject it with glue. Right. And this tends to manifest itself when you take you know, you're doing some repair works. And, you, and when the insulation runs away. Yeah, you basically, you you take a brick out or yeah. you remove the cover and the insulation literally just starts coming out the bottom. Have you ever had a beanbag? Yes. Yeah, have you ever burst a beanbag? Yes. It
1: goes exactly like that, yeah.
0: everywhere. Ryan, right? you've got the same kind of issue here. So you've got these little polisarim or bolts just, and they it, just it drop out. It escapes
1: through the air bricks. Yeah. It? Over time, yeah, just
0: goes so cavity wall insulation. You know, there, there are some issues with it, it when really, you about in.
1: all these problems. Well, how, do I, how do I remediate it?
0: So, you can remove the insulation, yeah, right? So, number one, if your house is in a coastal area, it is not suitable to put cavity wall insulation in, mm-hmm. in there, and that is something that I think the government ignored for a really long time right. because it was obviously for them. They were improving the efficiency, right? So they were just trying to put it every property, every property that had a cavity wall they wanted to fill, because mm-hmm. it's cheap and you get energy savings. Mm-hmm. But some properties just aren't suitable for it. So I can remove the insulation. Um and so obviously some of the insulations you can suck out. It depends on what's in there. But you can get um you can get a thing that basically goes in, they take some bricks out, mm-hmm. and it's this plastic pole and it yeah. just Goes back and forth and breaks down the insulation within it, and then it's all sucked out. Right, and then you can refill it if it's suitable with a with a new type of insulation. Mm-hmm. You can get insulation top up. So if it's sank down, you can just put it's more up, right? insulation on the yeah. top, top it right up to the top. So there, there's there are solutions for doing it. Um, the the other thing is that you're defined by the thickness of the cavity to how much insulation you can put into the wall. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I knew so much about cavity walls, but you're, you know, if, if I've got a 55 mil cavity, yeah. I can only put 55 mil in there. If I'm doing external wall insulation or internal, which we talked about earlier today, the internal wall insulation I could put, obviously I'd lose the space internally yeah. in my rooms, but I could put 200 mil of insulation, you know, so I'm going to get massive energy savings from that compared to 55 mil in the cavity. So you've got to kind of think about some of these things. Yeah. So I would say that for a lot of people, cavity wall insulation might not be suitable. But
1: before. it's not bad at the same time if it's done
0: okay. well. This this is the thing, you know. There's uh, so in- uh, not Inca. Who are they? Seager. Yeah, who do who write guarantees on this work? Who Guar-
1: cavity wall insulation guarantee agency?
0: Yeah. So we'll touch briefly on them. In, yeah. a, in a minute, but they, you know, they they are basically warranty about what eight nine million jobs. Yeah, so eight or nine million homes have been done with cavity wall insulation, and the number of faults, the number of issues, I'd say it's are not actually necessarily They've
1: they've warranted all of them because you do have other insurance providers. But they, I would have said, ones that are warranted, they've, they've done, done the bulk a significant proportion. But but
0: what I mean is that so in in naming them, they they have in well they've backed these these houses, they've backed the guarantees, and a huge number have done it, and there aren't anywhere near. Eight million complaints. If you see what I mean, it's a very small percentage of yeah. properties that go wrong when you're looking at those kind of numbers. That being said, SEGA do get, and and you know I can't comment on this, but I can raise the, the issue that we get a lot of people who have cavity wall insulation and it has gone wrong, mm. then telling SEGA. and
1: if, because they've, they've they've had a warranty place, they've had a
0: warranty, and SEGA have done nothing and this is what we hear a lot you know i don't want to get in trouble from SEGA saying they're not very good yeah hopefully they've um um and they're, they're uh, on them. yeah exactly exactly end, so. but you know we this is something we're hearing time and time again yeah. so if cavity wall insulation does go wrong unfortunately the the body that have guaranteed them they're not taking much action
1: so i'd say like, likewise um like external insulation um the installers are um Trained usually by system providers of this insulation. So, whether it's... So,
0: ThermaBead is one. So, ThermaBead
1: make the EPS beads that go in. Or the likes of Rockwall and Knalf who do the mineral fibre. Yeah, that's blown in. Yeah. Um, And... and So, this isn't one you're going to do
0: yourself. No. To be honest, you wouldn't do solid wall insulation yourself. Unless you've got any sense. You know, it's a big job. And then,
1: separate to that, uh, the the installers uh, that, that are kind of doing grant work or, or, or certainly underwriting it with um, insurance and these uh, warranties should have a certification body that stands by them. So whether that's the BBA or NIC, CIE or NAPIT or Stroma etc., they, they should be qualified with those um, certification bodies, you know, just because they ordered them from time to time. To and I think, I think if you time. are
0: going to get cavity wall insulation and you're worried that your installer hasn't got that, give us a shout Yep. And we hopefully can do a bit of digging for you and then come back to you with, you know, if, if that's all
1: good. Right, so that's cavity walls. Wh- what's it cost? Exhausted. No, it's not. We no, haven't. Not. How much does it cost? 10 to 12 pounds a square metre.
0: There you go. Now it's covered. Now it's done. <laughs> <that doing> it? <laughs> if you were to get it removed, you're looking at about 20 pounds square metre. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, windows, windows, windows. windows. And then we'll, then we'll do conservatories, I know. Uh, I'm not sure we have time for windows. Um, there's questions in news. Questions and news. More well, than twenty-seven minutes. We've got another ten minutes.
0: Let's let's say let's do questions and news.
1: Questions and news. Okay. What? Uh, so news. Well, let's do the let's do the let's do the news first, and then we will finish off on questions because I'm not quite sure what the questions are. Um, they are anyway in the news. Wind power. So this was. Um, so so last week we were talking about gas <coughs> boilers. Um, Bing bang. Being you know. Uh, w- sort of Bandit. finished off on, on, on new properties. Yeah. Um, government wants to put its eggs in the wind offshore wind basket. So what, what they're saying is, I'm reading this piece in the Guardian, actually. Um, so they want about a third of all electricity produced by offshore wind. Do you see any uh, problems with that?
0: That's great, I
1: do. It is great. <laughs> no, I th- I
0: th- you know, why not? We've become world leaders in wind power. Yep. Um, I think... The the issue always um, is with intermittent yep. renewable sources, i.e., power is produced when the wind blows. Mm-hmm. If the wind ain't blowing, you got no power.
1: Yes, but the theory is, you know, when it's offshore, because it's um, you know, subject to currents and all that stuff, you're more likely to, it's more likely to be windy off, offshore, isn't it? More likely, yeah. but you can't
0: guarantee it. No. Right. So if it's half time of the World Cup final and the wind doesn't blow. And suddenly everyone goes to make their kettle you know make a cup of tea and put the kettle on mm-hmm. and there ain't enough electricity then yeah, we've got real real problems so I think you need to so I think it's great I think you may as well aspire to do something like the government is setting out and so I it's not
1: predictability is bad then when it's too much is being produced it's quite bad for the old grid isn't it because yeah
0: because they can't cope Yeah, they can't cope I mean it's like having thousands of mini power plants and then trans- trans- own-
1: transmission losses I suppose because if it's miles and miles away from the coast it's yeah. still got to travel onto the land
0: I, th- I think fundamentally and I think um you know we, we've been talking about this in the office we aren't set up yet to store electricity And it's difficult to store but we're talking about things like batteries
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: we have other countries taking great leaps with battery storage. And we are, I think, sadly, falling behind. Yep. Um, and so I think it's going to take some time. But if, if we were to increase our electric car infrastructure, yep. you know, have charging points all over, mm-hmm. we, they talk about, and this is, I think this is a cool technology, but they, they talk about your car becoming your battery storage. So mm-hmm. I go, basically, I drive my electric car during the day. Mm-hmm. I then go home in the evening I then use the electricity from my car, i.e., the batteries in my car, to power my house, yep. and then I charge it when no one is taking electricity from the grid in the evenings, like at, you know, a at two in the concept, morning. Isn't it? So. I think that is a really someone has thought very hard about that, mm-hmm. and I think that is a seriously clever piece of tech that is obviously going to come to the fore in the relatively near future. Yep. But at the moment, we're a million miles away from it. Yeah. You know, we we just don't have those capabilities. And so I think it's a great idea and it's great to aspire to power our our homes and power the country with renewables. Mm -hmm. But I just don't think we're ready. Mm -hmm. Is that fair?
1: What Uh, do you think? So I think um, we'll probably get there. Probably get there. I think um, what we need to do is um, we need to just take the issues a bit more seriously. A lot less scattergun and piecemeal approach. A bit more joined-up government um i think uh, unfortunately the energy department it uh, seems to revolve well, the minister seems to revolve um you know around the revolving door every every other month or so and they seem to be rebranding departments which does doesn't help and it should be something that's um that's covered by all politicians we should have a national agreement on mm. what we should do next and i think that would that would just help so not being used as a party political tool but um i'm hopeful you know we'll get there so uh yeah quite positive
0: Okay. Anyway,
1: so, um, so that, I think so... that's that's the major thing to use. And I think it's sort of linked on yeah, I mean, it's um, and, and more stringent things are coming on on diesel cars and, and, and um, you know, the internal combustion engine, et cetera. That means the electric should be the standard. But we just then have to just close that gap by producing more renewable energy, I suppose. Yeah. I think nuclear is, is a serious, serious option. And I just think... Um, I think the way we've done the nuclear policy is not the best way to do it. There are countries that have made a success out of it. um, And, you know, uh, I still think it's one of the safest. I've changed my mind, though. I always thought just... There are
0: going to be comments on this.
1: I think it's the safest form of uh, electricity generation. Um,
0: Safer than a solar panel.
1: Yes, because at least with with nuclear fuel, um, it's it's compact. and, And you can dispose of it and store it somewhere. Whereas, how the hell do you recycle um, s- solar solar cells? Yeah. So, uh, and are we, yeah. and are we, and are we in the pursuit? No, I'm not sure about that. And are we in the pursuit of um, uh, how do you say renewable sources doing more damage to the environment? So, so actually, we're becoming more low carbon, but actually we're damaging. Well, we aren't are trying to mine on the precious hand. metals and things. So, but that is a very interesting topic, and I do want to cover that because. Um, my mind has been swayed over the last few years. I always, I was very much anti-nuclear, uh, but I'm beginning to kind of change my mind. But anyway, we've got more important things, i.e. the questions of some of our readership out there, which is more important. Okay, than, so you've uh, now been than, telling the questions, right? Than, than our long, long-term view of things. So, it's one for you, James. And the question is, um, if I move house, yeah. does the owner get the present-day feed-in tariff or does the person... I saw
0: this one come through. Yeah. Okay,
1: fine. So, so what happens to it basically? Do I So if you move house, yeah.
0: you forego your feed-in tariff. The new person coming in mm-hmm. will get your feed-in tariff
1: because of what it sits with the meter. The, the... Yeah.
0: Yeah. So so we get lots of people that say, "Can I take the solar panels off my roof and move them to my new house?" No.
1: So unfortunately, it's it's one of your selling points for the property there. Should isn't be. It? it
0: should be and I think a lot of estate agents don't know that. Well, estate agents don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? And so they have no idea about these things, and so they don't include that mm-hmm. as a sort of selling point but yeah you the person moving in with solar panels on the roof, provided they're not a rent you know roof to rent scheme mm-hmm. where someone has foregone the the feed in tariff anyway, they will receive the future payments mm-hmm. and you know if they were put on five years ago, you've got twenty more years of payments, might be a thousand pounds a year, yeah, for another twenty years, which is nice money right
1: and um and so uh, but that does, doesn't mean so So you will get it at the rate that was locked in when it was originally yes. installed, not,
0: not today's rate. Right. It is now, really. Well, I mean, it's about to be canned anyway, the feed in tariff. Which kind
1: of goes into the question, next question. It says, our solar, th- oh, sorry, so solar thermal. They're saying, Is our solar P- PV payment stopping this year?
0: Solar PV, right, the export tariff. So we mm-hmm. talked about solar PV tariff. Um, the so the export tariff is staying in place mm-hmm. Yeah, but the generation tariff and that's for are, new installs not for not for uh, not anything that's gone so if you've it'll, locked in if you've locked it'll in stay what it is yeah. but any any um yeah any new solar PV installs after a certain date and I can't remember when that date is will no longer receive 1st of April 1st of April so you will not receive it so I think unfortunately it's going to well it's Going to kill off the solar industry, you know. Um, but that's just another government, government yeah, decision. Yeah, it's not
1: joined up. Yeah, but it's still still okay if you're doing a new build. I think. If you're doing a
0: new build, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you're do- as you've kind of said, and I think a lot of this ties back. If you're doing expe- extensive building works on your property, mm. then these things are definitely still to consider. You because know, you can get a roof now where the solar panels are just built so they're not put onto the roof they're built within, within the roof the tiles
1: themselves, yeah. yeah
0: and they can have solar panel tiles and all this sort of stuff it That's is some clever text. noting uh,
1: that the, the government has said that they won't even consider um, replacing the in tariff with anything um, until 2025 is when they'll think about it
0: so if they're thinking about replacing the feed tariff in two thousand twenty-five, they expect it by
1: twenty
0: fifty. Yeah, 2050, 2080, something like that. They might come up with a new technology. Okay,
1: and I think we've got time for. Thanks for Harry for that. Um, Thank you. We've got uh, time for just one more question, and it's basically: uh, Should I get, even though I don't have an electric car at this point, should I get an electric charging point installed anyway on my front drive? So basically, it's someone saying: Should I be ready for the electric car revolution?
0: Okay. It depends if you have any intention of getting an electric car or you know anyone who drives one.
1: Mm.
0: Right? Because otherwise, I'm going to have an electric car charging point outside my house, but I'm not going to use it and I don't know anyone who uses it. I think it's someone kind of it.
1: thinking, you know, probably add 10 grand to the value of their. <clears throat> the the
0: reason why you might consider it is I know there are grants out there at the moment. Yeah. Uh, L- less
1: so than, than I think. One and a half, two years ago.
0: Yes, and so so if you can go and find a grant that will cover the cost of having one installed. Yeah. You know, then definitely, definitely, definitely worth doing.
1: Oh, here's an idea. Maybe you can just charge your neighbours for a parking yeah. up at your driveway. Charge them. Yeah.
0: So You're paying for the electricity. Exactly. exactly. Um, but they, you know, if, if I do, so on that one, it's it's up yeah to it's you, right? exactly yeah it's, uh, it's a, yeah tricky question to answer that one. You'd be looking at the, the average cost of installing one is about a grand, and you'd be
1: looking at about around about eight hundred quid of that would be covered by two different
0: funding options. So a thousand pounds cost eight hundred pounds worth of grants. I think so if, you're bi- cost if you're a bit if you're a business,
1: is it a good one because I'm sure it's a capital allowance, isn't it? You you'd get well, well you would know more than me. Well, probably not James, but uh, I'm just. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it from a principal One, of you. if you if it is a capital investment, so yeah, yeah, I'm sure really it would sure. Um, qualify for some sort of tax break, but also encourage your. I haven't answered that. One. I don't think we've um, answered that one very well. To perhaps. charge one up at that work, so uh, yeah, may, maybe it's uh, maybe maybe it's one for next time.
0: Okay, well, listen, I think that concludes the insulation masterclass episode three. What do we
1: miss out on this week? We missed out on conservatories, and and conservatories, and
0: windows, windows uh, doors, all that sort of stuff. Floors, yeah. roofs, pipes. No, we've done. Well, we've roofs. done loft insulation. We've done loft insulation. But we will, um, we will be sure to cover those in, in uh, well, at some point in the near future. Um, but uh, thank you for watching on YouTube. Where would you be able to listen to this? And we need to do this at the beginning because I always. Yeah. want to it at the yeah. end. I'll just say, click the link to the
1: episode eleven because I summarise quite nice nicely. But, so. Uh, you can uh, you can find us on, on on the Green Age website and at the top um, there's going to be a little icon there that says um, uh, podcast and then when you click that that will open a window and then from there you can use popular um, streaming sites on on Apple Apple iTunes and uh, but you can
0: so you can actually go onto Apple itself and, and type for in the Green Room well so the Green Room or the Green Age yeah. we will pop up and do it on Spotify on TuneIn Radio, on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of ways you can listen to us or you can watch us And on if YouTube. you've been a sus- loyal
1: subscriber already, I would just say, send that link on to your friends and family. And, and you if you have increase questions, if you
0: have questions that you want to ask, ask away. We don't always know the answer, but we will endeavour
1: to find out. To find and out. Answer the question.
0: Um, cool, so I think that concludes episode 12. So thanks, Nick.
1: See you next week.
0: Cheers.